Everyone knows true success doesn't happen overnight, but hard work, determination, and a little luck can go a long way, especially in a town like Nashville. Oh, and it helps to have a ton of talent too, which Carly Pierce definitely has. Born in Taylor Mill, Kentucky, Carly has her grandparents to thank for her love of country music. From a very young age, Carly wanted to be one thing and one thing only, a member of the Grand Ole Opry, one of country music's highest honors. She began performing professionally at the age of 11, and by 16, she was auditioning for a part in the Country Crossroads show at Dollywood Theme Park, convincing her parents to let her drop out of high school and enroll in an online homeschooling program so she could keep up with her studies while performing multiple shows a day, five days a week, at the park. At the age of 19, Carly was ready for Nashville. She describes her early years in the city of music as a roller coaster ride. She signed a development deal with Sony Music Nashville in 2012, only to have it taken away a short while later after her producer was terminated from the label. Though shaken up by those events, Carly kept her hopes high. She took on several part-time jobs while continuing her pursuit of a career in country music. It won't always be like this. Thanks to a meeting with the vice president of the Grand Ole Opry, it seems Carly's luck would soon begin to change. She was offered a chance to perform on the Opry stage before she even had a record contract and was introduced to another producer, the late Busby, who would sign her to a developing artist deal in 2015. The following year, Carly's voice would be introduced to country radio for the first time thanks to a feature on Wasn't That Drunk by Josh Abbott Band. While labels had their eyes on Carly after the feature, no offers were immediately made. Now that all changed when Carly independently released her song, Every Little Thing. Every little thing I remember every little thing The high, the hurt, the shine, the sting Every little thing In 2017, Carly would finally sign a record deal joining Big Machine Records, and Every Little Thing would climb to number one on the Billboard Country Airplay chart. She then released her debut album in the same year and solidified herself as a force to be reckoned with in country music. Carly then began touring with the likes of Luke Bryan, Blake Shelton, and Thomas Rhett, and continued to put out hit after hit until her childhood dream would be realized. In June of 2021, Carly was invited by none other than Miss Dolly Parton to become a member of the Grand Ole Opry, and in August, she was officially inducted. is Eric Zachary. This is the Spout Podcast, where famous people spout off about more than what they're famous for. And today, that's Carly Pierce. Hi, Carly. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. I'm excited to be talking to you right now because pretty big introduction of a week ago at the Grand Ole Opry, which has been like, I've seen you do some interviews talking about everything leading up to it, but I'm very excited to hear thoughts after. So I, I just want to set this up real quick. You know, you were about to walk out on stage and then um, Jeannie Seeley 
says that not only do you have it all. She has all the obvious things. However, she had one extra thing not everybody has. She has that determination and that dedication. And she has the strongest work ethic of anybody I've ever known in my life. And then you have to sing coming out to that. How, what is that like? Oh my gosh, I, I don't know how to really put it into words. All I can say is that I... Um, to have your peers and people also that you've looked up to forever really kind of do things like that for you. It makes me feel like they, like Dolly and Trisha Yearwood and Jeannie Seeley, they all are fans of what I'm doing. Yeah. And that's something that obviously you want country music fans to like you, but you also want the people that made you want to be a country music artist. You want them to like what you're doing too. And I think that was just, that whole situation was me realizing that they kind of are putting their stamp of approval on me. I, I want to just roll back real fast on the Grand Ole Opry because, you know, we're not solely a country podcast. We're all across the board and genres. And when it comes to the Grand Ole Opry, right, this is this old radio program that goes back to the 20s. And it's it's persevered through pandemics, through world changes, through music shifts at different locations. You know, and it's it pretty much is not even pretty much. It's the holy grail of, of country music. And it's this academy that you can perform at, but not belong to. And you performed at it many, many times. But then to, to get inducted into it, and this is a lifelong induction, is it's bigger than the Grammys. It's bigger than the CMTs. It's bigger than the CMAs. I mean, it's the holy grail. It's, it's got to be a I made it moment for sure. I grew up in Kentucky and always wanted to play at the Grand Ole Opry. And the Grand Ole Opry was always something that was so special to me. So to me, it is the most prestigious stage and the most important family that you could ever be a part of. And for me, that is something that you can have. And I think I said this in my speech when I accepted my trophy, but it's, you can have hits on the radio, you can sell out arenas, you can have success, but all of those things can fade. And this is to me, the one thing that can never be taken away from me in this industry. Yeah. I love speaking of your, your acceptance speech too. You know, you said this isn't just an accolade. This isn't just an award. This is a promise. This is, you will do your due diligence to, you know, keep the circle intact and keep it unbroken. You've been on that stage countless times and you've dreamed of that moment. Were you prepared for it? Or is there is still when it happens, when Trisha hands you the, the statue, you still can't fully grasp that it's happening. I don't know that I still have even processed or grasped that it's, fully happened to me you know it feels kind of like this little dream that happened and I'm like wait did it really it was everything that I ever wanted and more getting to sing with Trisha she's one of my friends now which is a wild thing for me to think about and she had never inducted anybody and it just was a really magical night I got to have my band there they played how do I live while we sang and it was really special that's incredible well congratulations Hey. I'm sure you've heard it a thousand times, but I mean, I can't think of someone that deserves it more. Oh, it's very, so very nice. cool. I was working in country radio right when you popped on the scene, you know, with the Josh Abbott band and all of that. And I left country radio right when you started doing radio runs. So we've never gotten the chance to talk until oh. now. So it's very, very cool for to see, you know, what five, six years how much has changed, and it, it's very well-deserved. So enough accolades. I know that you it can be uncomfortable with all of that, uh, but let's talk about the new album, or extension of, you know, 29, written in stone. So you had this shorter uh, release in February, and you decided, hey, not done yet. Still got more story to tell. Now, this hits a little extra hard for me, because I'm 29, and I turned 30 in three weeks to the day. So... Doing my prep, of course, hearing the album when it came out, but going back and listening to it again today and seeing everything that's coming out about the extension. 
before we talk about the music, words of advice for turning 30. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm hopeful that your year 30, I hope that your 30th birthday is slightly more positive than mine was. However, I will tell you that I feel like age is a number. And I actually think that we all get a little better as we age. We're like wine. And I feel like Mm -hmm. when I talk to any of my friends or my family members that are in their 30s, they or have been 30, they always say that their 30s are their best years. You kind of like figure things out in your 20s and things start to really fall into place in your 30s. And I'm 31 now. And I would say that I feel that already. It's good. Is it true though? You know, we hear it through our 20s, like your 30s are the best. They're going to be the best. They're going to be the best. Now you're a year in. You've got experience as opposed to me. Does it live up, live up to the hype? I mean, my 30s are pretty damn good right now. So I'll take them. <laughs> That's the answer I was looking for. I want to talk about Liability specifically because, you know, that's the song. I, you know, I first heard the album back when it came out February and then I listened back through and I go, damn, this is still, it, it stands up. It's, I, I am such a fan of wordplay of songs that tell stories, but they kind of catch you and, and you're going, wait, this is not where I thought this was going. It's kind of what Girl Crush did. Delta Ray does it a lot with like Wrong Ocean or If I Loved You. And just liability. I, I, where's the music video? Where's, where are we going with this track? I need more. You are so nice. I, that's one of my favorite songs. And as a songwriter, to be able to bring an idea like that into the room is really, you feel like, okay, this is either going to be really not good or they're going to freak out. And they, Josh uh, Osborne and Shane McAnally, who produced my album with me, they're obviously two of the best country writers in the business and they flipped out over that and we wrote it so fast and it was kind of one of those things where i was like has this not been done already are we sure yeah but i'm really proud of that song as a songwriter it's in my set right now um on the lady a tour and it's a fun one i would love to do a music video i i think i think we need one i think as i here i am guiding your career but i i think i need one i know i let me speak for myself with that said i like that you said it was written fast because you know i I talked with a lot of songwriters and i was actually just talking to sean mendez who was writing with dan and shay on their new album and he always quotes ed sheeran saying when you're writing songs it's kind of like opening up an old water tap right you got to let the dirty water flow out you just got to get whatever comes out come out before you get to the good stuff but sometimes you find these anomalies is that the case with liability i think so i think i was really really inspired while writing 29 the project and so i had quite a few ideas that were just sitting needing next girl was an idea in my phone um show me around was an idea in my phone liability show uh should have known better all these songs were just sitting in my phone because I knew that I was inspired to write them. And I think that makes the process go a lot faster if you have an idea that you're passionate about or somebody's excited about it or it's something unique. But I like that dirty water. That is very true. Yeah, that's that's Ed's thing, man. And I, I mean, can't quote. Obviously, I'm not a songwriter enough. You could tell by the everything about me. But that's I'm, I'm more the person that, that can communicate the message better. But with that said, I, I is. The addition to 29, are these songs that you didn't make the cut last time or things that you've updated or are they completely new? These songs were all written in the time that, so February, I released the first part. They've been written from February to now. So it's kind of like the next chapter of 29. It still feels like it all lives in the 29 world. um, And that's why I wanted to do this. And I just really didn't know if people are going to, it was such a jerk um, sonically in a different direction. My producer Busby passed away um, at the end of 2019. And a lot of people that don't know what a producer does, that's your musical husband or wife or whatever. And I lost 
that person and didn't really know what music looked like without him. And so I wasn't sure how people were going to receive this new sound. But when they really like latched onto it in a way that I'd never seen, it just really inspired me to keep going and kind of finish out this story. And it's my story of the last two years. And I feel like I finally, with the last track being a song called Mean It This Time, have really bookended this chapter of my life and I'm ready to move on after this. Did you know when you put out 29 that you weren't done with that chapter yet? Or did you, it was like a therapy session where you thought you got out what you needed. And then it was like, wait, nope, not done. Still have to unpack more of this year. Every, every artist is different. Um, and everybody has like a different process of how they write songs or pick songs. And for me, I am not, um, I'm a situational writer. I am, I don't really know how some artists can like act like things never happened in their life. And for me, I was writing in real time what was happening to me. And when I got to messy, I felt like that was the end of, of the first part. And I was like, this feels like a good stopping point. And then it was just kind of like, all of a sudden, I was writing how I was feeling in this next chapter. And when I wrote Mean It this time, I was like, I'm done. Like, this is it. This is, and I just write so from what's happening in my life so I can feel it when it happens, when I know it's done. This episode of the Spout Podcast is brought to you by Headspace. So you've probably tried meditation before and it didn't work, right? Or maybe you felt like you were just doing it wrong. Perhaps all you need is just a little bit of guidance. There's a reason why so many people swear by meditation as part of their mental health plan, including myself. When I first started meditating, I just couldn't turn my brain off. But with practice and a little bit of guidance, it's become one of the best tools to help me relieve stress. I'm here to say you shouldn't give up on it. Try Headspace. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Their stress reliever guided meditation has helped me in moments where my anxiety has tried to take over. And instead of spinning out, I just put on my headphones, breathe, and listen to my guide. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Trust me, you deserve to feel happier. And Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash spout. That's headspace.com slash spout for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Again, that's headspace.com slash spout. This episode of the Spot Podcast is brought to you by Raycon Wireless Earbuds. I'm just going to jump right to the point. Hands down, the most comfortable wireless earbuds I've ever put in my ear. And that's saying something. I've tried them all. Okay. These don't have that plastic feel, that hard feel, the ear fatigue or even pain that you get with some of the others. And the new everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. They are ready for the task. Whether you're working, you need that pure mode so you can hear talking. Maybe you're listening to a podcast like Spout. They've got balance mode, keeps you right in the middle. And then bass mode when you're working out or you just want all of the bass. I get it. I'm right there with you. They last all day, eight hours of playtime, 32 hours of battery life. Of course, they have a mic, so you're set for the Zoom meetings or the FaceTime calls. And they start at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. 
And you don't even have to believe that. You just got to try them out. They come with a 45-day happiness guarantee. So jump on it right now. Spout listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash spout. That's buyraycon.com slash spout to save 15% on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash spout. I like that you said situational writer, you know, obviously it's a tag that's been used before, but you don't hear a lot of people classify themselves as the type of songwriter. You're a known runner, fitness, uh, all about it. Are you able to quiet the thoughts of what you want to write when you're running? Because I run too in the mornings and my mind is always like, okay, I want to do this. And it's this weird piece, but it's also lets me organize it. Are you more on that side or is it just a, a whole new safe haven for you? I've definitely gotten song ideas on my runs for sure. But I think running is the one, (laughs) it's going to sound so stupid, but it's like the one place where nobody can find me. Like it's the one piece of time where I don't have to answer my phone. Nobody can come find me if I'm on the road. My tour manager can't find me. And it's like my one moment of peace that I think ultimately trickles down into making me feel more inspired and feel more ready to tackle the day. And then ultimately will make me a better writer, if that makes sense. So like running is what makes my mental health stay good. It's an escape for sure. Yeah. Walk me through the the preparations to go running. Cause you know, as a runner myself, we all kind of have this like, okay, this is my routine. This is what I got to do before I hit the road. Well, I'm one of the unicorn artists that um, tries really hard to keep, even though I have a late night schedule now with being back on the road, but I still want to run early in the morning. So I try to go to bed late and get up early still and maintain that. Um, so I'm a morning runner Oh my gosh! and I usually like to get up and have a cup of coffee and then I'm ready. So I don't eat really before unless we're on a long bus ride or something of that sort. And then I go and it just like sets the tone for my mood. I feel like I have more energy. I listen to music. A lot of people ask me if I listen to music or if I listen to podcasts. Podcasts just make me feel like I keep looking at my watch. Like something about music just really gets me going. Um, And so I listen to music. I'm obsessed with a Garmin watch. It's like, one of my favorite things. A lot of people on social media know I post my little runs when they're decent. Um, and yeah, just, I love being outside. I, I do run on a treadmill quite a bit, just being an artist that's touring and it's easier sometimes than running a parking lot venue. Um, but I prefer to run outside. Yeah. Are you a distance runner or is it you stay in the same area and you get the, the miles in that way? Classify distance before I roll. Let me let me tell you a 30 second story about myself visiting Tampa, go out for a run with an Apple Watch going, I got this never been to Tampa before. And spoiler, I did not got that. So before I knew it, I'm probably seven miles away. No way to call an Uber. I'm like, oh, awesome. Now I got to go back kind of thing. Have you found yourself in that predicament? I always try to find greenways or places in a city where I can track where I'm going. I'm not good at trying to just find my way. My band would tell you, I'm. Uh, nobody ever lets me call Ubers because I'll send it to a different location. They never let me do Uber Eats because I don't know where I am. I don't know how to look at a map. So somebody has to like tell me where or I will end up lost. I'll like end up in the river. Oh man. Yeah. Do you have any lost running stories? I'm trying to think if I've ever been lost on the road. I will say one, I, I was playing in Boston at the House of Blues and I went down my tour manager was like, or, you know, you go down here and blah, blah, blah. And you get to the Charles River and get on the Greenway and then you can just come right back to Fenway Park. I was like, oh, yeah, I got this. 
Well, I ended up running like three extra miles because I got lost and didn't know where I was going. So yes, I have been lost. Sorry to, make, to out you and make you admit that, but I just got to make sure I'm not alone in this. Nope. You are totally not alone. Not alone. <laughs> Let's talk TikTok because, okay, so I, I, I don't know. I went back through your TikTok and I saw a lot of it started during quarantine. Were you using it at all prior to quarantine or were you one of those people that held out like myself and were like, all right, well, ironically join. I did not use it except during okay. quarantine for sure. I just yeah. felt like I, I didn't, I wasn't interesting enough. I, I totally get it. It's, it. it's almost like you don't want to offend someone saying that because, you know, this is people's livelihood and it's a whole different world and, and a whole different type of social media. But with that said, like, you know, a lot of our 20, 30 somethings were like, maybe we'll watch one or two. It's funny. And then quarantine hits and you're four hours later still scrolling. And then you get to that point where you're like, oh, ironically try one. What's the worst that could happen? I can't even imagine the elements added to that that is having your own music that you can tag in it. And obviously you had a lot of success with Next Girl and a lot of people jumping on the, the lyrics of that too. And I was just talking with Walker Hayes right when Fancy Light popped off, right? So I, I got to ask, first of all, behind the scenes as a stage mom, walk me through Johnny learning the Walker Hayes Fancy Light dance. <gasps> That was a lot of wine and Johnny. So I have a dog named June and Johnny has, is my parents dog, but it is actually, he is actually June's brother. And he came on the road with us cause he's a little more tame than June. And he had a cat. He told me he wanted a cowboy hat cause he wanted to dress apart. So I said, all right, told you. we got him a cowboy. <laughs> yeah. He told me he wanted to be a cowboy. So I said, all right, I'll help. And we thought it would be hilarious if Johnny did the dance. And so Johnny just kind of goes along with whatever I need. And so I said, Johnny, can you learn this dance for me? And he gave it his best effort. And I think he did pretty good. Walker liked it. Oh my gosh. I, I can't even, so we have a family dog and I'm on the road a lot too. I'm between New York and Chicago and LA. So I don't get to travel with a dog, but I can't even imagine Grizzly tolerating me trying to put any article of clothing on him. He has a Thunder shirt, which he outgrew about six years ago. And it's, yes. it's, it's almost offensive to him to try to make him wear it because he spills out of it. <laughs> but uh, and you can tell he's not thrilled about it. He's like, don't look at me. How does, is Johnny okay with wearing the hat? Or is it just something that he's just calm enough? He kind of will just do whatever. I told you it was his idea. He wanted the cowboy hat. So um, he kind of just will do whatever. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I'm sorry. If you notice in the Walker, in the TikTok, he really locks in on the back half and he does this and he's like looking at the camera selling it. So go back and look at it because he the really. Oreo shake. Yeah, that's his favorite part. Yes, mm -hmm. he really, he gets into it there. So we're good. So now with quarantine under your belt for TikTok and with, you know, seeing some marketing success, whether it was meant to be that or not with Next Girl on TikTok. Do you look at it differently or is it still just a fun app that's there for you or is it a promotional tool as well? I think I'm still trying to figure out what is TikTok to me. If I'm honest, I'm really into Instagram. I feel like that's where I, I excel as an artist. Yeah. I think there's a, I would hope that I'm very goofy and try to be funny. I always like want to get a laugh. That's like, I will hurt myself to get a laugh pretty much. So I do feel like TikTok is a fun way for me to be stupid. I mean, I like dive into a wine glass and show what I look like when I first wake up. I mean, I don't care, you know, I'm kind of like a guy in that sense. Like I'm just whatever I'll make fun of myself. So I do think that element of it is fun, but I still feel like I'm trying to figure out what it is, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's the ether. We don't know exactly how to compartmentalize it yet. I totally get it. I, yes. I made a TikTok today and I don't often make TikToks, but I was going to the DMV and I don't know if you know this, but it's not a fun experience at all. Uh, it's the worst. 
And the DMV Department of Illinois decided that for my 30th birthday, I needed to take a new picture because I look nothing like my old picture. Whatever inspires you to do it. If I get inspired to do one, then I do it. Speaking of, talk a lot about wine. Obviously, songs about it. and You have posts about it and whatnot as well. What kind of wine are we drinking? Talk me through it. I'm, I am such a fake sommelier, Ooh. meaning like I know words like tannins and that's about it, but I can fake it. Yes. So it depends who's buying my wine for me. So if it's an unlimited point, credit card that's that you're not liable yeah. for. If you know, I'm on tour right now with Lady A. So if Lady A wants to buy me wine, I will totally take, you know, Silver Oak or Camus or um, Prisoner. I really like Dry Cab or just like a full body cab. That's like my favorite. I drink a lot of Justin, which I feel like is like a decent price point. If you want to get a good bottle of wine, it's like 30 bucks. So I drink a lot of that. That's like a table wine that I would say I use a lot. I like Stag's Leap. It's all my friends are like, Ooh, you've ruined us with wine because now I won't drink like the bad stuff. There's nothing wrong with being your true self, Carly. People, Don't be ashamed of that. I, I have a manager and a record label president that love wine like me, and they've ruined me. They they showed me good wine, and now I can't drink that wine. I, that was me the first time I got served a Bordeaux. Yes. And it was almost a joke. It, it was, hey, if you ever want to sound fancy on a date, yeah. order a Bordeaux. Like You can't go wrong with it. And now my ass is like, well, do you have a Super Tuscan or do you have a Bordeaux? If not, I don't want anything to do with it. I'm sorry. In the last six months, I've learned about Super Tuscans and Lord, they are good. Right? I know. Carly, thank you so much for taking some time to chat it up with me. I appreciate it. Of course. Of course. Happy early 30th, too. Thank you. Thank you. And happy um, belated Opry induction. That sounds so much more important than my birthday. So I'm going to let you have it on that note. I have to agree. No, no, it's fine. I'll let you have that one. Hopefully we'll get a chance to talk in person soon. But Carly, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. And sorry about all my technical idiotic tech stuff. It's not your fault. I'm actually on somebody else's computer because I don't even travel with a computer. That's how like grandma I am. So if I win a Peabody for this this conversation, you got to share that award with them too. I do. I absolutely do. Yes. (laughs) Thanks, Carly. Thank you. Be sure to listen to the Spout Podcast at our new time, Sundays at 9 on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Spout Podcast is presented by Alpha Media, produced by Gorilla Sound, and created by Phil Becker. Spout!